0: Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have Emmy nominated actress, Broadway star, and the original dream girl, Cheryl Lee Ralph. Coming up, I talked to Cheryl about her hit ABC sitcom, Abbott Elementary, her growing appreciation for teachers, and how she looks back
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
0: Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. A show where we cover trends in fashion, current events, entertainment, and everything in between. Download the podcast, leave a five-star rating, refer a friend, a co-worker, a family member. Don't just keep this good old-fashioned soul food to yourself. This is therapy. This is fun. This is information. Make sure you're sharing this. And also, remember that the nomination window is open right now. The People Choice Podcast Awards is open. Through July 31st, you can help me, the Renaissance man, get onto the final ballot by going to podcastawards.com and nominating our show in these categories. Now, don't be lazy. Take five minutes out of your life. And if you've ever been inspired by me or this show, vote this show in Best Entertainment, Best Black Hosted, Best Society. Slash culture. And last but certainly not least, the People's Choice Awards. So it's three plus one. Make sure you're nominating this show for every award you see. And to be honest, just vote for this show. This week's theme is breaking barriers. No matter which aspect of your life, your family, your job, your social circle, people are going to tell you who you should be. And the crazy thing is, it happens to all of us. We all get put into a box and labeled. I hated that so much as somebody that was really good at basketball to fight the stigma of being a dumb jock. So you know what I did? I was an honor roll student in high school. I made the dean's list in college. I graduated from college. I never wanted to be put into a box. Sometimes it's because of our gender, other times because of our race or income. But I'm here to tell you, You are not defined by the barriers around you. I'm a person that believes in breaking barriers, expectations, and glass ceilings. Always remember, you are the only one that could tell you who you are. So believe in you and the crazy thing, be ready for the world to stand in your way. You're only as strong as you allow yourself to be. So push those limits. And don't let fear striking out keep you from playing the game. My next guest knows all about this kind of strength. Cheryl Lee Ralph is a Broadway legend, tireless activist, role model, and actress who is up for her first Emmy Award. Coming up, I'll talk to Cheryl about what it was like navigating in the entertainment industry as a black woman the obstacles she faced at the beginning of her HIV and AIDS activism, and what drives her to keep achieving excellence. Up next, Cheryl Lee Ralph. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. My next special guest is a Broadway legend, an Emmy-nominated actress, and a Jamaican-American performer who is the... Definition of the word diva. She is currently starring as Barbara Howard on the ABC sitcom Abbott Elementary. It's become an instant hit and it's received critical acclaim and has been renewed for a much deserved second season. It is my honor to have you join the show. Thank you very much for taking the time. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you. Good to be here with you.
0: Absolutely and, and and through your work with this show many are discovering your work either for the first time or reinventing themselves with your work but you've been in a de- you've been in the industry for 5 decades what almost
1: is- 5 decades
0: almost All, almost near, nearly I- 5 decades
1: there you go <laughs> but it's so interesting that you say that you know with new audiences because We were on set once, and one of the children on set looked at me, and they said, Cheryl Lee Ralph, I have been watching you my whole life. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Thank you for those five good years.
0: (laughs) What was it like for you getting the call about your first well-deserved Emmy nomination. I lost my mind. Mm. I lost my
1: mind. I was in Jamaica and uh, I got the news and I literally lost my mind. And all I heard was my son coming up the stairs saying, mommy, mommy, what did did you get nominated? Did you get nominated? And I, I could hardly get out. Yes. But I, absolutely lost my mind. You hope for these things, you dream about these things, but then it's not as though you put everything on it, that it's going to happen because the only thing anybody ever owes you or wants to give you freely is a hard time. So for me to be given such a great gift at this point in my career, what a blessing. And I lost my mind.
0: Where were you when you first got the call for the character?
1: I was in I was in my home in L.A. and I had you know had several conversations with Quinta who told me about the idea and she was like Miss Ralph I know that you are at that point in your career where you should be just offered things and that is absolutely the way it should be but if you wouldn't mind like just talking to the people involved with this it, it, that would be really great. And she said, and to tell you the truth, we need a queen for this role. And you are that queen. So it's like, well, how do you say no to that? (laughs)
0: Well, they got you playing a no-nonsense kindergarten teacher. And you have a big heart. Yeah. So what was it like, as somebody that's the founder of a charter high school, I'm really Mm -hmm. into education. And I appreciate the storyline and how deep you guys are trying to go. In West Philly. So can you just talk about the storyline?
1: You know, our storyline is all about an underfunded Philadelphia public school and the teachers who show up against all odds every day to do the best that they can for their students. And I I love everything about that. You know, with the show's success, I've spoken to so many educators across this country and now the world. And it has been amazing to hear their response and how happy they feel to be seen, to be respected, and to have their stories raised up. And that is Abbott Elementary from the heart, soul, and mind of Quinta Brunson.
0: Absolutely. And as someone that founded an underfunded school in my hometown of Detroit, I appreciate the role of educators and teachers in particular as much, if not more than anyone. I say in our society, they're the hardest working, most underappreciated group of human beings that exist. Their job is to educate your kid, nurture your kid, babysit your kid while educating your kid. So what has this taught you about that system?
1: You know, for me, it's been interesting because I'm surrounded by educators. My dad was an educator, broke the color line in Connecticut as a teacher, ended up in New York as a college professor. My mom taught fashion and sewing in her younger years. My brother is a special ed teacher in Albany. My sister-in-law is a retired principal. My niece just graduated from Cheney, has been accepted to the education Program for her masters at NYU. My auntie Carolyn, or a very reluctant teacher who is now a retired principal of in Washington, DC. So, and I could go on. I am surrounded by educators, but there's something about educators that makes them very special. These are probably the special few people who have the ability to care more about other people's children mm. than they do their own at times. Well you know, right. the fact, I mean, I look at recently during the pandemic, when teachers against all odds showed mm. up and figured out how they were going to continue educating their students. To me, that is not to be taken for granted at all. Cause they have, they could have easily said You know what? I'm taking care of my own. I'll be right here at at home. When you get it together, you call me. But they did not do that. They came out like an army of educators for their students. And I love that. They should be paid more, though.
0: I just wish that we could stop society on its axis. And as somebody that has an athletic background, I appreciate how much everybody admires sports and pays so much money so that now athletes can Make the kind of money that we make, and right, the same right. thing in entertainment. And so I feel like that with teachers. I just wish that the world would stop, and they could just make double or triple of what they make right now. Well, you
1: you know that um, that is really a big conversation for this country, the United States of America, because you can go to other countries who have gotten it together. And they raise up their educators. They are the important ones because they know that it is the educators that spark that spark for students to go on to their own personal greatness. They understand that it starts there. We just have not gotten the message that teachers are important. Very important. Mm -hmm. Administrators are important. Keeping the schools running. Very important important for whatever reason we are not valuing that the way that we should
0: well said and totally agree and as we talk so much about education and how much it means to both of us i would be remiss to not acknowledge as a detroit native you were the first actress to portray dina jones on broad in the broadway musical dream girls yes 1981 Mm -hmm. Can you tell the world about my hometown? Please give us some love about the impact of Motown music in that era of black culture and on your life. Let me tell you something. There was something about the
1: Motown sound that set it off music wise for black folks, young black folks, especially across the country. In the 60s, because after Barry Gordy found such great success, really just creating that that, that new sound for young Black people to move and groove and dance to and having success, then came um, the, the Philadelphia sound. Or no, I should say the sound of Philadelphia then came. I forget what they called it in Chicago came Chicago, and then came, um, oh my gosh, something, something sold in California. But the city that kicked it off was Detroit. And I remember at that time I was in Connecticut and my dad took us on a road trip and we drove to Detroit because yeah. I wanted to see the home of Motown. And when I pulled up with my dad, and I remember I had my dancing Snoopy sweatshirt on that was like a a little dress and my windowpane stockings and my little white go-go boots. And I got, I looked out the window and I said, Daddy, it's the Temptations and the Temptations they were literally walking right down those steps, you know, cause they have that, there's that wow. long walkway. They were yes. walking down the steps. And I remember, um, Eddie Kendrick didn't stop, but Paul stopped. Ooh. And he said, Ooh. Oh, I'll sign that for you. And oh. he signed it for me. And I remember looking at all of them walking, walking away. And it was like, I could see my dreams coming true. I could see it happening. So Detroit will always have a special place in my heart. And talking about dream girls, don't you know that Eddie Kendricks came to see dream girls and we became good friends until he died.
0: How about that? What a that? blessing. What? And it's a, a real blessing. real
1: story too.
0: What a blessing. And and mm-hmm. and as I mentioned like you're an industry game changing performer, like performing in a Broadway musical. Like what, what was it like then um, based on the climate in our country as someone that was just trying to make it in this industry?
1: Oh, it was hard. I mean, the, the industry was hard and all the tentacles associated to it, you know, media and all of that. It was very hard you know, Mm. folks like you with their own shows, they were few and far between. Mm. And very often other people didn't watch you on their shows. They weren't Mm. calling you and you, you need PR. I've always believed in the power of public relations Mm. in terms of building a long lasting career at any level. And it was hard. You know, I remember because I had PR, we were able to get a spread in Bazaar that, and it was like 30 under 30 and people thought, wow, well, that's unheard of. But because I got that, I ended up with a little half a page on, in GQ, you know, then I had a nice spread in Glamour magazine, but it was all because I pushed hard against the machine that kept trying to tell me. Uh, we don't think so. Well, not right now. And even though Dream Girls was very popular, it was very difficult trying to get the same sort of coverage that a show like um, a chorus line might have gotten or the show next door nine might have gotten. Even though we did more and better, you know, awards-wise, they were different. They were other and they got in the door. Easier and faster. But things have changed now. And it seems like more and more there's a more equal opportunity to be able to make your stamp on the industry, get your brand known. There are other people who are gatekeepers that look like you and they say, Oh, no, I know who that is. I know the work they've done. You know, some people have no idea what it is you've done. No idea. (laughs) But then there are others that say, I I don't know. And Mm -hmm.
0: that has been wonderful, too. So as we now see you nearly, nearly, nearly five decades later and being nominated for (laughs) Emmy Awards, as as a groundbreaking artist in entertainment, I've heard so many people like a Quincy Jones, like tell stories about they were able to entertain in the United States of America, but we necessarily didn't have our quote unquote freedom of movement as black people. They talked about even like sleeping in mortuaries and stuff like that before they performed. So are there any things that you can remember that you needed to overcome, that you wanna now acknowledge that you can give strength to young people who are enduring things now as they fight their way for success in the industry?
1: You know what? It's. It, I'm glad you asked that because it is very easy to think that it all started with you. It all started in your time. It all started right now, that it's always been like this. And it has not always been like this. Coming up and wanting to be in the industry, my dad used to make sure that, you know, they used to have encyclopedias, these thick books. And that was like you had to work at Google. That was your Google. You had to go through those thick books and you had to read the history. You had to find the history. And he would make me read and understand what other artists before me had to go to. Because my father used to always say, you think you've got it bad? Are you kidding me? What about the Louise uh, Louise uh, the woman who won the academy award and the uh, academy and the union told her well you can sit out in the hallway but there is no place for you in the hall to sit at a table with your peers and receive your award a woman who winning the award could not read her own words had mm. to read words that were written for her that were deemed to be acceptable to others. Mm. I think about that. Mm. And sometimes I just have to go up Vine Street and touch her star. Mm. And to just, just remember that it has been difficult. But here we are, at this time, where so many young artists, here's how I know change. Being nominated for this Emmy, the wealth of flowers, literally and figuratively, that I have received Mm. from young women of color, especially Mm. young Black women. Mm. And they have, Excellent taste in champagne, too. (laughs) The number of flowers they have sent me has been, it's been staggering. But I think to myself, the fact that my children, because I still think of them as my children, my family, are Mm -hmm. able to look at me and say, thank you, I get it. I appreciate you. I know what you've been through. Mm-hmm. I don't know what could make me feel much better. It it yes. it has been um uh
0: what what a what a blessing. And as we were getting started, you talked about your daughter being your stylist and continuing <laughs> to grow in this industry. So who are some of the people that your kids, your family members, your friends. Now see acknowledging you, sending you flowers, sending you champagne, and you get a chance to sit back and wow about the fact that they're acknowledging you and they even know who you are.
1: Well, I have a very special relationship with a lot of artists in that I want to know them. I've been around long enough to see them come into the industry. I've been around long enough to go and see their first performance on Broadway. I've been around long enough to see them come out and say, this is who I am. And to be able to say, I get it, do you. Now is the time to do you and opportunities are available and to see them thrive, to see my sisters come from different Mm -hmm. countries and be here in America and make it. I'm, I have been able to see all of that. And so uh, I'm very thankful, very, very thankful. I didn't hear from some of the friends that I thought I had, but that's <laughs> all
0: right. That's- well, you now know that they were just really jealous. You know, we had those two. We have those two. And like I say, people come into your life for four reasons. To add, subtract, multiply, or divide. Choose wisely, wow. and if you can't acknowledge wow. me after forty plus years in the game, getting nominated for an Emmy, then you really don't got love for me. You probably like me, you probably know me, you probably think I'm cool, right. but you just don't got love for me. But that's okay. You don't get this far, I know, without understanding that when you're on set, or when you're doing business, or when you're encountering people like. They may or may not actually be your real friends. What is that like in this industry?
1: I don't think about it because I always tell my children, you got to love on your haters. Mm. You've got to love on your haters because sometimes if it were not for your haters, you would not have tried as hard as you did. You know, who who sang that song? Hate on me, hate on me, hey, it's all right. Because I'm gonna love on you. And sometimes you got to look at that and say, why are they feeling that way about me? Then you look in the mirror and you're like, Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. It's okay. It's it's all right. It is all right. Just keep what is just keep on with love in your heart and know that. We spend too much time thinking about what other people think mm. about us. Hold on to what you think about yourself and make sure it is as good as it can possibly be. Encourage yourself.
0: Absolutely. Mm. Secure your mask mm. first. And I I I, That's I, right. I also want to thank you. Recently, I was fortunate enough to be a part of an HIV AIDS awareness campaign with Queen Tina Knowles, and it was incredible to like not only meet her, but like to be a part of supporting this call. So what was it like? What has it been like yes. for you and your 30 years of dedication and being a part of this mission in entertainment?
1: It has been very difficult. It, at times, I thought it was costing me everything. Mm. At the beginning of this, people told me I was stupid. They told me I was crazy. They told me people were not going to like me because I spent too much time caring about those people. Mm. And I couldn't, the little church girl in me couldn't understand how we could not find it in our hearts to help people who obviously needed our help. I learned so much about people, it was painful. Mm. At times there was no black voice at the table. And when I came to the table, there were some people who looked at me, I'll never forget. I was at the meeting and it was a group of men. They were white Mm. men. And they were talking, and one of those men said, what is the n****** doing here? Mm. Mm. And that could have stopped me, but it didn't. There were moments when people who were infected themselves and needed the help said, don't do it. It's not worth it nobody cares. And I said, I'm here and I care. The number of people that's wanted to say things like, well, the only reason you care is because you must be positive. Mm. If you mean that I am a well-intentioned human being, a positive thinking human being, then okay, that is what I Mm -hmm. will be. But you do not have to have this disease to care about Mm -hmm. people with disease. You just need to be Human. So it has been very difficult for me when I think about it. But my father always told me, if you touch one life, you have done something great. And I'll never forget a young man came up to me in North Carolina, in New Orleans, and he took my hand and he said, Miss Ralph, it's me and you have helped me. You saved my life, yeah. So it, nothing about it has been easy for me, but 32 years, we're still doing it. We're still doing the good work. And we are diva, divinely inspired, victoriously aware. Mm,
0: what an amazing acronym. And I wanna make sure all of our Renaissance Men guests and women follow that message. Abbott Elementary going into a second season. But I, I I have to I have to go back and ask you something. So, like, yes, recently, just as an as an American, I feel like it's been a really tough time politically, psychologically, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Just with like Roe versus Wade and open carry and and like mass shootings. And so, basically, when I hear you talk about HIV and AIDS awareness and really being compassionate about other people. I basically hear the same thing with those topics. So what has it been like for you juggling, you know, being in entertainment, but also just understanding like there are a lot of unique things that are taking place politically in our society? You know, things have always
1: taken place in the world and every generation has their fight to confront. But it seems right now there are so many fights on the front line. I think more and more it is becoming clear and obvious to people that climate change, oh, it's happening right now. You know, like there used to be an ice age. We are now in a heat age and it's very serious. There's nothing fake about it. We are seeing that people are opening their eyes to the fact that race and race issues are woven into the fat fabric of America. And we must pay attention to those threads because they must unravel because we need something new in the fabric of this country. The rights of women, women are seeing that if they do not speak up together, find their voice together powerfully, the rights that they have achieved will be taken away. All of their rights, including LGBTQIA rights, the gains that have been made in the 50 years, they too will be taken away. But the one thing that remains true, and that is in unity, Mm -hmm. there is strength. Mm -hmm. And people have got to figure out how to come together Walk together, talk together, vote together. Never has that four letter word become so important. Vote together. I'm just saying.
0: Incredible. And again, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm also going to write a column in the New York post on Thursday about this amazing interview. But before I let you get out of here, I have a rapid fire segment called Gone in 60 Seconds. You ready to do this? Go ahead, go ahead. In 2012, you published a book called Redefining Diva, Life Lessons from the Original Dream Girl. Who has been the most influential diva for you?
1: Still to this day, as she rests in heaven, it would have to be my mother my west indian mother from the great land of jamaica who encouraged me every step of the way in my life didn't always agree with me but she encouraged me divinely inspired victoriously anointed woman my mother
0: and may god rest her soul it it echoes what i say about my mother who i lost last year she was my number one supporter and my toughest critic i love and miss (laughs) her so much that's it. Tell me, what is your go-to place for Jamaican food when you're not in Jamaica?
1: Listen to me dear. <laughs> me yard. I go to me yard to have good Jamaican food. <laughs> and I need no restaurant, me yard.
0: <laughs> Besides dream girls, what was your dream Broadway role?
1: Okay, I haven't done it yet. I want to do Mame. I definitely want to do Hello, Dolly. And I definitely want to do a version of Mama Rose.
0: Incredible. That sounds like a residency coming up soon. Stay tuned, Thank y'all. You. And lastly, but certainly not least, what are you most excited about for this upcoming season? Number two of Abbott Elementary.
1: I love Quinta Brunson and the gift that she has given me with the character of Barbara Howard. And all I want is more, more, (laughs) more. This Emmy nomination, woo, feels good. And I'm like, Quinta, come on, give mama more.
0: Just getting started. We're going to look up in a few years. We're going to be syndicated. You're going to be doing residencies on Broadway. And in Vegas, and we're going to be letting it do what it do because you deserve all of the best. Thank you very much for taking the time and joining me. Thank you, and God bless you. Carry on,
1: young king, carry on.
0: Yes, ma'am, thank you very much.
1: Last Last call, call. last Last call.
0: call. i truly like to thank Cheryl Lee Ralph for stopping by the podcast. And congratulations to her for achieving an amazing Emmy nomination. She is more than deserving of all of the flowers, all of the praise that she's been getting. And if you haven't checked out Abbott Elementary, I highly recommend it. It's going into a second season. One thing that stuck out to me about Cheryl is her honesty and acknowledgement about how hard it was for her to stand up with the HIV and AIDS community years ago. Being an advocate for this cause was not something that was supported by many in the beginning. Cheryl was actually called names and told no one would work with her again if she joined this movement. But guess what? She was about breaking barriers, and she didn't listen. And in 1990, she founded the Diva Foundation, a nonprofit as a memorial to her friends she lost to HIV AIDS. She's a shining example for all of us to remember what it means to stand by your beliefs. So I ask you, what is the cause you feel passionate about? I'm not talking about your mate, your sibling, your kids, your coworkers. I mean, cause that you are passionate about. Because I want you to remember something. Giving back doesn't just mean money. Showing up, speaking out, that's even more valuable. How you spend your time, your energy, your money, a lot of times equals what you actually believe in and what you're passionate about. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.